0: First day here at Only Believe, we like to give away some prizes. What men like gift cards? Anyone like gift cards? Okay, I'll take them all. No one likes them. Put them all in my pocket. Let's go home. Just kidding. Just kidding. If you did not receive a ticket today when you came in, please raise your hand. We have ushers going around. If you're a dad, a stepdad, a father-in-law, a grandpa, a spiritual father, a dog dad, it's real. I'm a dog mom. I got a dog, she's part of my family, it's real. Raise your hand up real high. The ushers will get you a ticket. And while they're doing that, let's watch this video about Father's Day.
1: The first thing my dad does when he gets up is go make the coffee. Okay, who wants coffee? I want some coffee. Okay. First, I smash the beans. <laughs> then, I mix them up. And then, I pour some cream. And then, I heat it up. And then, I drink it. Here you go. This is delicious coffee. Thank you. Next, he fixes the car. Wrench. Here you go. Oh, nail. Um, light bulb. All done. Then he probably has to fix the sink, too. Hand me a hammer. Bang, bang, bang. Hand me a pipe. Hand me a popsicle. Why do you need a popsicle? Because it's delicious. He likes to cheer at my sports games. Yeah, kick that ball. Score a basket. Goal! Then he grows the food. What are you grilling us for dinner tonight? Hamburgers. Hot dog. Mac and cheese. Cheese. Mashed potatoes. Strawberries. Raspberries. Blackberries. Mm, sounds great. Then he prays for dinner. Thank you for our cat. Thank you for our friends. And thank you for the world. The friendship never ends. Amen. After dinner, we played games. I played Uno. You want to play Uno? Sure. Yep. A blue five. I have a blue two. A green two. Draw four, 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 draw four. You have to draw 5,024 cards. Then he tells me a story at bedtime. Once upon a time, there was a dragon in the castles. He is a fire-breathing dragon and an ice-breathing dragon. And they all live ever after the end. My dad always encourages me. I'm so proud of you. I will always be there for you. I love you, and Jesus loves you very much. You are a really good kid. Happy Father's Day to all the dads. You're the greatest. Yep. Thanks. Bye. See you
0: later. Break a leg. (laughs) (laughs) So cute. So true. Dads are savage, and we can't do without them. All right, so we're going to draw some tickets. I'm just going to read the last four numbers. You got more? We got more coming. I'm going to read the last four numbers. Bring them on down. If I had a dad joke, I would tell a dad joke, but those are reserved for dads only. (laughs) All right, first ticket, numbers 7952. Just raise your hand, 7952. Anyone? Anyone? Oh, in the back, in the back, Kayla's coming to you. That's a $25 Walmart gift card. She is bringing to you. Next one's also $25 to Walmart. Last four numbers, 8028. 8028. Who is it, who is it? Over here, perfect, she's coming to you. Walmart gift card, 25 bucks. Next gift card is to Amazon. I feel that so deep. The other day, Andrew took Andrew came home from from work and he got there before I did and he took a picture of like 10 packages stacked up and sent it to me. He's like, "What's this?" I was like, "Mind your business. Don't you worry about that." <laughs> okay, last 4 7999 799 7999 nine, nine. Back here. All righty, that's an Amazon gift card, 25 bucks. Last four, 8014. Rick! No, this is not the price right. I do not have the right microphone for that. Kayla's gonna get you your gift card. Is it Amazon too? Amazon. All right, next one, 8057, Jonathan, is it you? No, 8057, yes, okay, that's $25 gift card to Lowe's. That means you got work to do. Last four, 7962, seven. right back here, Mitch, same $25 gift card to Lowe's. Casey, get your project list out. All right, next. Last four, 8009 Uncle Bill. Yes. Kayla's coming to you. That's a $25 gift card to Bass Pro. Can order you something nice. Next, last for seven. Nine seven zero. And in the back. Rem oh, right here. Todd. Twenty five dollar gift card to Bass Pro. You win. Okay, two more to go, correct, Kayla? Two more. Eight zero seven eight. Eight zero seven eight. Round over here, gift card to Cabela's. And the very last ticket. And if no one claims it, it goes to my pocket. Just saying. That's the rules around here, right, Lindsay? Okay, she said yes, yeah, so it's fine. Last four: seven nine nine seven. 7997. Right back here, $25 gift card to Cabela's. All righty, happy Father's Day, all. Pastor Nicole, come bring the word. Lord, hallelujah.
2: Happy Father's Day to everyone out there today. Happy Father's Day to my father. I know you're watching from home. We love you. Happy Father's Day, Pastor. We'll call you after service. I already texted mom, have her check. It, it, <laughs> working out the family plans. You know, we're a little late, but we're never early. we're never late. That's all there is to it. Um, I want to just make a declaration over you today. I like to start every service declaring who only believe is. You are a people that's after God's own heart. You serve, you love, and you give generously. You're an amazing body of believers who trust and place their hope Not as a last resort, but as a first resort in God and his mighty working power. Amen? That is who you are. And don't let the devil lie to you and tell you all the things that you're not. I just want to reinstate who God says you are. And the word is full of it. But sometimes we don't take the time to acknowledge what he says about us. Because we're always trying to fight a battle from within with the scripture. Believe what he says about you. Take the time to identify who he says you are, and your battles will be won before you have to go to the scripture, because you'll already know who he is inside of you. Amen? Let's pray before we get started. Father, we just come before you today. We honor you, you, God, the best father of all, the perfect father, who loved us enough to send his son Father, that he would die and purchase us from sin and death. And, Father, we say thank you. Thank you today. We appreciate it. Father, I ask that as we share the word today with the message that you've given, Father, that it would comfort those who maybe have lost a father and encourage them, Father. And, Father, help those who are fathers and maybe that want to be fathers coming up. Father, let this message define, define their behavior And help them model you in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So, Father's Day is obviously a national holiday. In 1972, I know I had to look this up, Richard Nixon's administration declared the third Sunday in June to honor all of our fathers. But let me remind you, we don't just need a national holiday ...in order to do what the Word of God has instructed you and I to do. Amen? I'm really glad that it's a national holiday... ...because it actually supports our religious beliefs. But if it did not, we, you and I, would still be called to honor fathers and mothers... ...because that's what the Word tells us. And we know that. And by the way, even if your parent is no longer here... ...and you've lost your father... ...and I know, I've already talked to a couple of you this morning... That, you know, long after our parents are gone, we can still choose to dishonor or to honor them. What I would ask is with our actions and our behavior, are we still honoring our fathers of the past? Because that's very important. It's important to God. It didn't say when your parents die until your parents die. It said that we are to honor and respect our parents. So I think that means long after they're gone as well. And if you've lost your father, I encourage you today, talk about him. Talk about the good parts. I don't care how bad it was. There's some good parts. Talk about him and remember and reminisce. Bring honor to his name and state what it was that he taught you that you'll never, ever forget. That's how we bring honor to him. Amen. God gives us this commandment. Because he knows that it is against the human nature of man to honor and let someone else tell us what to do and be submissive under that. You understand that. Like there's so many of the Ten Commandments that are about God and how to keep our relationship with him. But everything else is about relationships in life. Why? Because God knew that if he didn't give us boundaries, we wouldn't do what was right. Because our human nature doesn't want to be told what to do. In fact, when we're born, we begin fighting authority. Multiple times, the number one word is mama or papa, but for some of them, it's no. I'm just being real with you. The next word you learn in your vocabulary is no. Because you have a way as a child that you want to do it, and you think it's right. Right? But God says there is a way unto man which he thinks is right but it will lead to destruction. In other words our great and mighty heavenly father the perfect father the father of all fathers knows what's best for you in ours life. That's why he gave us the guideline of the Ten Commandments. But get this. I found this last week and I think it's kind of important because it starts out and it begins to show you the maturity of a child's life. So at four years He says, my daddy can do anything. At seven years, my dad knows a lot, a whole lot. Eight years, well, my father doesn't know quite everything. Twelve years, oh, well, naturally, fathers don't know everything. Fourteen years, father, he's hopelessly old-fashioned, Some of you that got 14-year-olds, you know what I'm talking about. 21 years old. Oh, this man is so out of date. What did you expect him to say? 25. He knows a little bit about it, but not really that much. 30 years. You know, I think I need to find out what dad thinks about this. Starting to get smarter. 35. A little patience. Let's get dad's meaning first. 50 years. What would dad have thought about this matter? 60 years. My dad knew literally everything there was to know. And then there's 65. I wish I could talk it over with dad once more. Is that not where we are? Don't despite where you are. Some of you are with that four-year-old child that just daddy can't do anything wrong. And then some of you have that 25-year-old that thinks they know everything better than dad and you're just old-fashioned and beyond your time. It comes around. Walk with them. Keep loving them. You've been there. You know what it was like. And just keep walking with those sons and daughters. They will come back around. Life is but a vapor. here one moment and gone the next. Honor your mother and father. Amen? All right, so I just want to start the message by saying that if any of you are here thinking that you have to be perfect, you don't. There is no such thing as a perfect human father. There is none. You're all going to make mistakes. If you haven't already made a mistake and said you're sorry, trust me, those of you with little ones, one day you will make a mistake and you'll think, oh, I need to say I'm sorry. And don't think that that's a failure. It's actually probably to your greatest reward to teach your children how to accept full responsibility when they do something wrong and apologize for it. So I don't want you to be down on yourself if you think that, well, I'm weak. You're right, there's gonna be areas that you're really good at, and there's gonna be areas that you're really not so good at. And that's okay, because the word tells us that where you're weak, he is strong. And because he is the perfect father, He shores up all of your weaknesses to help you do what he's called you to do. And being a father is one of those things that he's called a lot of you to do. You do your best. I've said this my whole life. Not my whole life. Once I had children, I realized that I didn't have what it took. I didn't think I had what it took to raise these children because I wasn't the stay-at-home mom. I wasn't the mom that sat and read books for 25 minutes a day to your children for them to be smart. I wasn't the person that every time they ask why, I explained it. I'm like, just because I said so, that's why. That's enough. Because I ain't got time to talk about it right now. Right? I was very busy. I was a busy mom. And I liked being busy. And staying at home with my children almost was the death to my soul. I cannot explain it. But when I learned to work a certain amount of hours a week, it made me a better parent. Because the time I did have with my children was really quality time, and I respected and honored that. All of you stay-at-home moms, my hat's off to you. It was not in my vein, I'm just telling you. But I realized that there were things I was falling short in because there were all these mothers that were doing it better than I was. And fathers, I'm here to remind you, you may look at another father today and try to compare yourself. Do not compare yourself. Do the best in your area and trust God to do the rest. He'll fix everything you forgot. Everything you left along the wayside, he's like, I got it. I got it. I'm picking it up. I'll get it to him. It's how he works. And that's the beauty of having the perfect father is that we get to do our best. And God knows where our weaknesses are. So he knows exactly what he needs to shore up. I want to start our scripture in Luke 15. We don't have a lot of scripture today, but Luke 15, because we're going to read so much in the beginning. And oftentimes, I think we... Read this parable from the Bible that is found. And a parable, for those of you that might not know, is just a story that Jesus told. But it is a very story that symbolizes something deeper than the actual story that he's telling. So oftentimes I think people that share this story talk about only the view of the Son. Today I want to talk about the view from a father's perspective... Okay, And I think that if we can look at it from the behavior part of the father, we may begin to see something special for Father's Day. It says, um, we're going to start in 15, where am I at here? 15, 11 through 32. Okay, it says, to illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share... I'm going to be a little dramatic in this because I think this is how it was read. You get to read your story the way you want to. I get to accent the way I want to. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed up all of his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all of his money in wild living life gone wild we think we've seen a movie about that about this time his money ran out a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve he persuaded a local farmer to hire him and the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs now the young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs began to look good to him But no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, You know what? Even at home, the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here, I'm dying of hunger. I'll go home to my father and say, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you. And I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son. He embraced him and kissed him. His son said, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring. "...for his finger and sandals for his feet, and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast, for the son of mine was dead, and now he's returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found." So the party began. Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working, and when he would returned home, he heard the music and the dancing in the house, and he asked one of the servants, "'What's going on?' He said, "'Oh, your brother's back!' He was told." And your father killed the fatted calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. And the older brother was angry and couldn't go into the party, pretty much. His father came out and begged him. But he replied, all these years, I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing that you told me. And in that time, you never once, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when the son of yours comes back after squandering your money... On prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fatted calf. His father said to him, Look, dear son, you've always stayed with me, and everything that I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day, for your brother was dead, but he has come back to life. He was lost, but now he is found. I read that story in the version I read it in because I think it became very simple. And we're not studying and hanging our theology on words today... ...so I didn't think it was necessary to read it out of the closest version to the Hebrew word. But I want you to see the very first thing was the behavior of the father that was modeled for us. He taught Bible to his children. Do you see, how, if he hadn't taught his children how to love the Lord... ...then how would they have known when he came home that he had sinned against heaven and his father... So we know that he taught him the word. If we look in the scripture in the Old Testament, it said Deuteronomy 6, 5, 9. It says, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourself wholeheartedly to these commandments Hmm. that he's giving us today. It says, repeat them again and again to our children. Talk about them when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you're driving in your car, when you're going to bed, And when you're getting up, tell them. Tie them to your hands. Wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorpost of your house or on your gates. In other words, put them on sticky notes. Post them on the refrigerator. As you're driving in your car, talk to your children about the things of God. If you still have young children, you literally have X amount of days. There's a new app out there. It's it's got these marbles. And every Sunday that your child is to go to church from age zero to 18, there's marbles put in a jar. And every Sunday, these marbles come out of your jar. And it shows you how much time you have left to influence your child to live for Jesus. I looked at my marble jar the other day because I just heard about this. And I had one marble left. I get teary-eyed when I think about it because I think you fathers underestimate how much time we have with our kids and the power and there's some parents that are sitting that are 65 years old and they've done lost their fathers and they're looking back and they're thinking if I just had the younger's year left if I could just impart some God back into my children maybe things would be different I'm here to remind you God doesn't work on your time frame and it's okay He speeds up time. He doesn't operate in your 18-year window of time. What he says is, I'm aware of exactly what your strengths were and exactly where your weaknesses were. Don't worry. I got it. I'm going to catch them up. I'm going to get them where they need to get and you don't need to worry. Just keep looking for them because they're coming back. Just keep looking down the road. I'm telling you that it's not too far gone. So for you younger fathers that still have your children, for those of you that are older and you have that Sunday afternoon brunch at your house once a month or once every week, or maybe you'll see your kids once every quarter, start with a prayer. Start with the scripture and continue just to institute God's word into their life because we're only guaranteed that his word will not return void. Not ours. His word will not return void in our children's life. See, we as children as fathers and mothers and children of God must also live under these teachings. But here's the problem. We want the teaching without the correction. If we go to school and we're taught, when we do it wrong, we're shown where we did it wrong and how to do it right. A lot of us find ourselves in the situation that we want to be taught and led in the things of God, but when it comes to the correction, we don't want it. How does that make you feel when your children, they want all the best of you, but they don't want the correction that comes with the best? See, that's a little hurtful, isn't it? Sometimes we have to look at it, flip it back on the side of the natural realm and say, do we do that to God? Because I don't want to. I want the teaching and the correction. Remember, children don't do what we always say. They watch what we do, and they walk like you and I walk. I didn't have any father stories like this. I only have one of Alexis. But I can remember when she was two or three and she finally got her verbiage really good. She was always talking, but it took her a while. But I would say when they, when they were younger and her, her little brother was born, so she would have had to have been three, her little brother was born, the dog would always bark. Always, always, always bark. And the kids were asleep. And I'm like, stop barking, stupid dog. One day, about two years, three years old, Bell starts barking, and Lexi screams out from the couch. She's eating her snack, sitting there watching. I don't know, Blue's Clues, something back then. I don't know what it was, and she's watching. It. She says, "Shut up, Bell!" Oh, that's exactly how you sound. I never had to tell her to yell at the dog when the dog barked. I never had to tell her what to do. She knew exactly what to do because she had been watching my behavior. I can tell you that the first modeled behavior in this father's life was he modeled the word of God in front of his children. Number two behavior that we can see is that this father did not model a controlling behavior. Did you get that? This young adult came to him demanding what he wanted. Demanding what he wanted from his father. Just so a little history here. The Jewish nation, or where this was when it was written and how it worked, the first son got two-thirds of the inheritance, the eldest, and the next one got one-third. So he was already not getting the full kitty and caboodle, so he just wanted it now so I can go do what I want because I'm done living under your lordship. I'm done serving you on this farm, and I want to go do what I want to do when I want to do it and how I want to do it. Any of you parents understand that? How did this father deal with him and why? Because he had been that young male too. He had been the young male that wanted to be self-directing, self-choosing. I want to make it on my own. I want to show the world I can do it my way. I got faith in myself. Dad, come on. Give me my third now. Let me go on my way. And by the way, for those of all of you that, that declare the fairness rule, life ain't fair. I don't know how to tell you that. Life ain't fair. And I don't mean that bad, but there are some of us, we, we, I have a friend that thinks that life has to be fair, and it really bothers her when life is not fair to everyone. And I'm like, that's just life. Life isn't always fair. Get over it. Like, I don't know how to explain that. Like, she had one child. I had three. I don't... Randy and I don't choose to correct all three children the same. We correct for the same issues. But we don't correct in the same manner. One might be grounded because it works. Grounding never worked on me. I just adapted to the grounding. I became, you know, if Dad said I couldn't have friends over, I would throw rocks across the street to my friend and we'd have a conversation. Grounding did not work. But a good old strict whipping set me on fire and I felt shame I felt remorseful and I felt like I had done something wrong but grounding just did not work so be aware God doesn't correct all of us the same for some of you you're allowed to dabble in this for a season of time but for others you dabble in that once you're done because God knows your behavior he knows what you're drawn to he knows what will literally sink your ship that fast God knows you better than you know yourself so Off he goes, this dishonoring young man. The issue is you and I have to learn how to love in a way that we're not controlling the behavior of our children. By the way, if you're a controller, I'm just going to state this real loud and clear, and I don't know how I would know this. If you're... (laughs) If you find yourself struggling with control... The opposite of control is trust. And chances are you don't trust in the Holy Spirit's leading and guiding in your situation enough so you've always got to have your hand on the wheel. You know what? There's going to be a whole lot in life you don't know. You don't know the future. You can't worry about what's not going to be there tomorrow. You don't know it. What you have to know is that God is with you in it all. It's the same way with children. When we don't trust they're going to make the right choice and you can't make the choice for them because sooner or later my child's going to be 65 years old and I'm not going to be here no longer and they're going to have to choose right from wrong on their own and I got to trust that long after I'm gone, the Holy Spirit has got it. Take your hand off the wheel. Now, I'm not saying this is for the 17-year-old boy. I'm not saying this was for the 16-year-old girl. This was for a young adult male who was serving in his father's field and wanted the right to make choices. And by the way, when your kids are adults, I love you parents. You got to let them go. You got to let them make some choices on their own, even if those choices aren't always good. I'm going to just refrain from telling some stories in that situation just because I champion all of my children. <laughs> but I got some doozies. I got some doozies. We've all got them. Third behavior that this father modeled was letting go. He didn't just not control him, but he said, okay, okay, I want to help you. I'm going to help you succeed. Do you think you know what's right? Let me help you in what you're doing. I'm going to give this to you, and I'm going to let you go. I'm not going to tell you why you're wrong. I'm not going to state, I'm going to tell you. He could have sent people to follow behind this young man. He could have sent them, tell me what he's doing. I want to know. No, no, no. He didn't. He let him go. Let him go. It's hard for some of us. I've told this story before, but there's a lady in our church, she's much more mature than I am. She has much more wisdom than I have. The older teaching the younger. She said, sweet pea, when you have a hard time giving that child up, she said, I just want you to place that child in your hand physically, like mentally, look at it and say, Lord, I'm giving this child to you. And she said, and when you're ready, when you're ready to let go and let God then open your hands and begin to praise him for what he's gonna do with your kids. He said, I'm telling you, and here's what you're gonna be tempted to do. Let it go, let it go. Because I'm telling you, he's in the best hands possible when he's with Jesus. Only God, God loves him more than you do. God wants him at the foot of the cross more than you do, but you gotta let it go. And you can't control every aspect. You can't control everybody' behavior that happens. See, because here's what happens. He did not jump in and absorb his son's consequence. He did not jump in and save the day. He allowed the son's consequences to come upon him. And here's what it was. It wasn't that the father allowed it to happen. The father just said, okay, this is what you want. This is your choice. I'm just going to step back and let you go prove your way. Go prove your way. See, God does that to you and I. But along the way, what was happening is every failure this young man had, he began to become more humble. More, hu- more submissive into the Lord to go, yeah, this wasn't a good idea. Yeah, my dad told me this would happen. I knew this from an early age, that if I was going to do this with prostitutes, this was bad. I've learned my whole life about God. And look what it's got me. He literally began to live this wild life out. We can't do that. We can't do it because what we want to do is we want to go intercept it, intercept it. But humility never comes if you intercept it. The humble behavior never comes due, and they never understand that you were right. (laughs) You get it? And you didn't even have to say it. You didn't have to say, I told you so. They know you told them so. Trust me, the fourth behavior, the father model for us, he's never gave up. In fact, it says while his son was still a long way off, Here's what I'm here to remind you. You may not be able to control the situation. You may not be able to accept or stop the consequences from what your kids are doing. But from a long far off, you can be waiting. You can be praying. You can be believing in faith that they're going to get it. That the Holy Spirit's going to fix all the things that maybe you didn't get right. Maybe the things that you had never been taught. Because you didn't have the model behavior in front of you. You didn't know you can't teach what you don't know. Why are you being so hard on yourself? You gotta let God fix the pieces. Let Him pick it up. He's close to the brokenhearted. You know what? When you let your kids go, when you let those consequences come, it breaks your heart. It breaks your heart. But you know what? God's there for you. The Bible says He is close to the brokenhearted. I don't know about you, He walks with those that walk with Him, but He's close. To the brokenhearted? Come on. There's not a mama and father's heart that hasn't been broken here before, either by an action or by words that our children have said. God's close to you and you're gonna make it through it. But don't lose sight. Every day get up and look out the window as an act of faith and say, You see him coming home yet? Not today, maybe tomorrow. <laughs> God's gonna bring him home. Don't give up. He continued to wait. He continued to use his faith while he was waiting and trusting in the Lord, refusing to give up, refusing to give up on what he had done in life. I did what you told me to do, God. I did the best I could do at the moment I could do. And now I'm just trusting you to bring it all together. That's all you can do. God turns things around. The fifth behavior that he modeled was that he was forgiving. Compassion was present. He and fa- Fathers, let me just say this. I know that for some of you it's easier than others to grab your kids and hug them and kiss them and squeeze them. And for others, you were just taught, a little pat on the head does you. About once every week, you're good. Grab your babies while you got them. Grab that older son and just knuckle rub him and squeeze him and hug him and love him. Compassion's not a bad thing. Kisses, men get a bad rap when they cry. No. Your kids know you love them. They know that you forgive them. They know that you're walking with them. They know that you hurt. They know that you have feelings. They know that you laugh. They know that you struggle. They know that maybe you've dealt with depression. Don't hide your emotion, don't hide the struggle from them. They need to be taught. How God can change your situation. How God can take the depression. He can take the struggle. He can take the shame and turn it around. But we've been taught that men have to be stoic and we got to hide everything. shove stuff all them feelings down inside. That's not true. That's not true. Jesus felt anguish. He wasn't afraid to tell us. He's asking the Lord, is there any other way we can do this? Do I have to go to the cross? Can you think of something else? Surely you're the creator of the universe. There's got to be another way. But there wasn't another way. And he submitted to the will of his father. Perfect example for you and I. We've got to forgive. When our kids come back home, we've got to forgive without saying, I told you so. Without, everybody say that. Without saying, I told you so. Come on, that is the hardest thing. You know why? Because we want the last word. And we want our kids to know that we were right. We don't have to be right. We don't have to have the last word. Let the Holy Spirit have the last word. Amen. Trust Him. Last but not least, we have to celebrate. We have to celebrate with our kids. You know, oftentimes we're always about the teaching and the correcting. Correcting, 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 correcting. We are not we are not afraid to tell you what you did wrong. But do we tell you what you did right? Other than on your birthday, other than on graduation day, other when you buy your first house, other than when you have your first kid. We got to celebrate the wins of our kids. We've got good kids. You know, I would show up at preschool and I would pick up one of the children. I'm not going to tell you which one. And I would pick up the one children and they would tell me, oh, he's just such a wonderful child. But what, what did you say? He's such a wonderful child. There was a little girl. She dropped her stuff today. He was helping her. He was taking care of her. Yeah, now I know why. But he was he was about those things. The point is, is that I didn't see him in that light. All I saw was him testing the behavior. If I said it's hot, how hot? If I said there, don't touch that, you're going to get sick. Oh, if I said we're on our way to church, stay out of the mud puddle. Bam! I'm like, just don't say it. Just don't say it. Maybe he won't see the mud puddle. I didn't see that version. You want to know why? She was celebrating what she saw in him. Sometimes you and I got to take that little tiny glimmer of hope that's in our kids that is really meant who they're going to be, but they're just in seed form. And we got to say, yeah, that's it. Yes, we're killing the fatted calf. We're going to have a party. Why? Because you're making great life choices right now. Dumping that friend you dumped and picking up a new one, that was amazing. Because that kid that's vaping on the soccer field is not good for you celebrate the wins guys not the big wins that everyone celebrates celebrate our kids big or small you got adult children 35 years old and they're making a choice that they've never chose before come over for dinner mom and i want to cook you your favorite meal and we want to say great job that kid will look at you and go what what do you mean you know what i'm just proud of the father you're becoming i'm proud i watched you not lose your mind on that seven-year-old the other day because he spilled his milk for the 13th time. And I'm so proud of you. Good job. Good job. And have dinner and love on them. That's who God is to us. He tells us good job. Fathers of children, young and old, we are modeling behavior for them. All it is is a behavior that they're watching and then they literally imitate what we're doing. Have you ever found yourself as a child doing something that your parents do? So, I'm sitting in the car the other day. I'm driving to the mall. And my hand is between my leg like this. I look over at my mother. It is exactly the Oh, my gosh. It was the exact same position as my mother. Exactly. Exactly. You know what? The other day, I was thinking. And as I was thinking, I had my finger on my finger. You know what? I hit my lip three times just like my dad does. (laughs) Model behavior. You don't even realize that you're picking it up. This is the goodness of who God is. What you see, you do. It's a beautiful thing. All we have to do is just live it out before them so they can model it. They can look at us and say what what we do and they end up doing it. Here's the deal. I'm going to be ending, and I know I've got one minute left, but it's going to be longer than a minute. I want to paint a bigger picture for you today. And all this is great about our family and our fathers and our children, and it's beautiful, right? But the bigger picture is, is that you and I, the world doesn't doubt that they need a mother. Do you realize that Mother's Day was founded in 1914? What, what the world declared national mother's day a holiday but the fathers didn't get recognized until 1972 i think we're in one of the greatest pandemics of america's life and we don't even see it and it's right before our eyes because there ain't nobody sick and on a ventilator and it's called fatherlessness and i'm telling you That today, more than ever, there's only been one other time proven in human history that we have been greater fatherlessness than we are right now. And that was because of another pandemic and a war. It was death that took our fathers. Not divorce, desertion, and babies being born out of wedlock. It's at an all-time high today. And I'm here to tell you Fathers, we need you. Uh, you don't have babies? That's okay. You have a heart modeled after God's. You love God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. You just come into spiritual father status, and we need you. Mothers, look at a man next to you and say, We need you. We need you. Every father in America is lying to themselves if they think that the father is replaceable in a home He is not replaceable in a home. We need you today more than ever I'm putting a call out to our fathers not just flesh and blood, but spiritual fathers to say that we need you present in our homes We need you present in our community. We need you present in this society today and we need you present in our church we need you present. Because without you, there is no guide. Do you understand that? You are so important. And there's so many people without fathers, without the model of behavior, and they come into the church, and they're not treated with this behavior. They don't have forgiveness modeled. They don't have celebratory. You, did you realize when the father celebrated the son, he didn't say did you learn your lesson? Think you're going to do this again? I'll tell you what you're not doing, son. You ain't taking me for a third of my earnings and think you're going to treat your mama like that and this and yin, 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 yin. Stand up, David. He hugged him. Yep. He kissed him. Thanks, Uncle Dave. You're, yep. You don't know your Uncle Dave to me. <laughs> Thank you. Get a robe. Get a ring. Quick! Quick! In other words, you're working too slow! I gotta let this boy know he matters. I've got a moment he was dead and now he's alive in Jesus again. We have a reason to celebrate. But no, you wanna know what the church does? It mean, well, I don't know about that change. We'll see. Why don't you put him in that field for 13 years and see if he can pay back what he took? We want restitution. We don't want mercy. We don't want grace. We want you to work for it. We want you to prove yourself that you really are sorry for what you did. Well, he didn't even go to the altar when he repented. I don't even think it's real. What? It's the heart. It's the heart that matters. And at that moment, the boy's heart was right. The boy's heart was in it to win it. See what's there. Grab it up. Pull it up and say, boy, you got what it takes to make it. You're going to be a great father. And you might not have had it modeled, but it's okay. You come into this church, we're going to help you. We're going to walk with you. you got a problem being a good father, that's all right. I got scripture and I'm going to help you. When you're about to lose your mind on your kids, you call me. You call me. You let me have it. Don't let your kids have it. You sit them down when you're calm. You talk to them when you can teach and you can correct and you can direct in love. But you call me and you yell at me. I can take it. And you begin to work on the spirit of anger in that boy. Why is he angry? Because he didn't have a father model it for him and you did. He's angry, he's ticked, he's mad at life. But you know what we do? He ain't serious. If he's serious, he'll show it. He'll just show it. How about a call when he don't come back the next Sunday? Saying, you know what, Mike, I didn't see you in the seat. I'm worried about you, man. What's going on? I'm just struggling. I'm just struggling. Well, I struggle with you. I'm coming to get you. I'm bringing you to church, and we're going to sit together. Model the behavior. Model the behavior. I want to read a story about an elephant. Thank you for pushing me along. It's a four-minute read. Just sit down and enjoy it. Let me share a story with you that will help you understand the importance of the role that fathers play in creating healthy cultures. Years ago, Kruger National Park in South Africa faced an elephant problem. Literally, as the African elephants that were once at risk of becoming extinct bred so well in the park that their sheer numbers became literally unsustainable. Mm. The park rangers, therefore, devised a plan to transport some of those African elephants to Pylanesburg National Park, also in South Africa, to thin the herd. The main challenge that they faced was how will we transport such large animals to another game reserve, as you can't really FedEx an elephant. Finally, one of the rangers came up with an idea of building a special harness to airlift these elephants to another park with helicopters. (laughs) That was a pretty big feat, if you ask me. This helicopter idea worked great, except that the harness broke when they tried to transport a full-grown male elephant. I hope they found that out on the ground and not in the air just wanted to say that. These bulls were just too heavy for the harness. The rangers made a decision to keep the larger, mature male elephants at Kruger and only transport some of the females and young male elephants to Pylanesburg. This is where the plot thickens, because sometimes after that, the elephant relocation project was complete. The rangers at Pylanesburg began to discover an unusual, somewhat startling problem. They began finding dead bodies of endangered white rhinoceroses all over the reserve the rangers first suspected poachers because the white rhino horns were so highly valued on the black market but there were no bullet holes in the animals and their valuable horns were left intact a deeper investigation revealed that the white rhinos had been killed violently suffering deep puncture wounds on their bodies. And the investigative team, still bewildered at the problem, set up a hidden camera around the park to try to capture the villains on video. What the rangers caught on camera was shocking, to say the least. The young male elephants that had been relocated in the park had become a violent, aggressive, predatory gang, terrorizing all the other animals in the reserve. In fact, the young elephants were caught on camera chasing down the rhinos, knocking them over, stomping on them, and goring them to death with their tusks. This was previously unheard of, since elephants and rhinoceros had cohabitated for centuries. The rangers developed a theory to explain this situation. Juvenile male elephants experience what's called must, a state of frenzy triggered by increases in testosterone in the mating season. Normally, dominant bulls control this testosterone-induced frenzy in younger males and keep it in check, but the rangers theorized left without an elephant modeling, the more mature bulls, these younger elephants' menaces were missing the civilizing influence that their elders had and the nature intended them to have. To test this theory, the rangers constructed a bigger, stronger harness that used to fly in the older bulls that have been left behind at Kruger National Park in a matter of weeks, weeks, This bizarre, violent behavior of juveniles stopped completely. The older bulls taught them that their murderous behaviors were not elephant-like at all. Soon, those once delinquent and dangerous younger elephants were following the order and following the older, more dominant males around and learning how to follow protocol and become the elephants that they were meant to be. Fathers, you are needed. You are bulls of the faith. You are meant to foster what it takes to raise intelligent young men that will fall in line to the Christ-like nature and learn how to live like Christ that's who you are and that's what the church needs you to be that's what your families need you to be that's what society needs you to be because every day they're shown a different picture of what was meant to be they're told what they're supposed to be according to the world's standard and not God's standard your church believes in you we need you and God wants you to be his models to how to teach how to discipline and love How to love being sold out to our father, heart, soul, and mind. How to lead as a wife, as having a wife and treating her like God would treat her. How to provide. Come on. How to work a job successfully and get along with people. Randy saw a statistic. There were 20 things that people said they needed most in life one was jesus number two was a mother fathers were number 16 on the list and arbor day replaced them people need a tree in that arbor day who needs a tree i don't need a tree i need a man that stands like a tree in the midst of a storm I need a man who brings shelter to the home when life is falling apart. I need a safe place to lay my head at night in the armpit of my husband or a father to say it's going to be okay. God's got this. Stand at your feet all around this building. I want to champion every father in here. And I want to tell you that you are worth more than a national holiday. You are worth so much to the kingdom of God and to this world in its present place. We need strong leaders and we need you. And I know it's in you because I know you. I've seen you. I've watched you father your children. Yeah, I've seen some of you make mistakes, but I'm not keeping track of mine and God ain't keeping track of yours. Amen? Every father in this house, lift up your hands. We want to pray over you today father we just pray a prayer of blessing over every father here every man in this place if you don't have children that's all right lift your hands because you're a spiritual father if you love jesus and you have him in your heart today lift your hands up because you're a part of the next generation fostering too father we pray right now strength we take authority over this this insignificant thing that our world is doing they're trying to demasculinate our men We take authority and we bind you, devil. We say that our men are worth something. God says that our men are the father of their homes, the master of those homes. And Lord, we accept their place. We follow a man that follows after your heart. We champion our fathers who raise these children in the ab of the Lord, who believe in them when nobody else will. Father, we choose to take a stand for fathers in America. We want them number two on that list we want them number two we want homes to not be the same without their father we want to show a difference in this world and show what Christ like fathers can do to change society and communities and our homes father I just speak empowerment in the name of Jesus those who have sons and daughters that are not saved father I speak empowerment to them in the name of Jesus that they would live a life in front of them that they would model the behavior father for you're the redeemer of time it's okay We got on the train, and that's what matters. That's what matters, and God's going to speed the train. Father, I thank you that their shame, their brokenness, Father, you just begin to heal. Begin to walk with them. Father, bring these sons and daughters home. Father, that maybe they're even gone because of our actions as parents. Bring them back home, Lord. We're never going to give up on them. We're never going to give up. Father, I thank you that you build community amongst our fathers, community, one for another. They would love one another. They would walk with one another. They'd find strength with one another. Now, right now in this moment, I speak to every son that's out there, every daughter that might not be right with God. You might have been just like the prodigal son in the Bible. We can't pass this parable without giving an altar call. You might been like him. There's no judgment here today about you. We're not going to ask what you've done. We're not going to ask you to make a line item confession of all your sins. What we're going to do is we're going to love you. We're going to hug and we're going to kiss you. Well, not literally, unless you want one. And we're going to wrap our arms around you with the love of God. And we're going to say you belong. And we're going to celebrate you in the choice today that you've made. And we understand you got baggage. We understand there's history. We understand that you lived a wild life, and that's all right. And maybe you squandered and wasted everything you had. It's okay. There's restitution for you, too. It doesn't matter if you're five miles away or five years away. We're praying for you. We're believing God for you. We're waiting for you to come home, and today's your day. Today's your day that you say, Pastor Nicole, I'm that wayward person and I came here for Father's Day because my father asked me to come and sit in the service, but I'm here because now I know God's purpose for my life and I just need to surrender what I've done. If there's anyone in the house today that says I want to come home to be with Jesus, then that's your time today. Grab your father's hand. Grab your father's hand in this house and come down with you. There's no greater thing that he'd rather do than walk this walk with you. And if you don't have a father grab a man that's around you and he'll be your spiritual father is there anyone in this house today anyone that says Pastor Nicole I've wasted it I've spent my life serving something else but today's the day and I'm coming home anyone anyone in the house on Father's Day 2023 great day to love Jesus and become a Christian All right, happy Father's Day. Fathers of Only Believe, we love you. We believe in you, and we'll see you on Wednesday. Greet a father. If you're a a woman today, greet a man and tell them you appreciate them and their stand in their community, your family, and your church. We believe in you. Love you guys.